0: Low oil prices are causing ripples worldwide. In response, OPEC Chief Al Badri has said tough times require tough choices it's crucial that all major producers sit down and come up with a solution. Joining me now to discuss is energy analyst, Gaurav Sharma. Well, Gaurav, it doesn't really seem to me like OPEC have been particularly productive when it comes to this, so what sort of solution are they alluding to?
1: Their idea is that everybody should come together, hold hands and cut production, so as to support the oil price. I somehow just don't see that happening even if the Russians were to cooperate, I don't see the Americans cooperating. And how can Washington cooperate? Much of the extraction in the United States is in private hands. Obama cannot go and lecture private companies to, to cut production in sync with the OPEC, and I don't think he wants to. The second aspect of it is probably Mr. Al-Badri is, is sort of subtly Referring to the fact that the world is probably not consuming as much oil. Can we say this is a wholesale move away from fossil fuels? I don't think so. We are a fair distance from that. But what he's probably trying to say is that it's crucial for the oil price to be supported for these investments to take place in solar and wind and indeed more efficient extraction.
0: Well, you mentioned that OPEC's called on Russia to cut production. Now, this almost feels like almost tactical rather than helping the industry as a whole. What do you make of this?
1: It is very tactical, but also it's, it's a fool's tactic because I I don't think it will work. Then again, let's say the Russians work, what about the Mexicans? What about the Iranians falling in sync with uh, what what the rest of OPEC is saying?
0: What's OPEC's relationship with Russia?
1: Each time OPEC meets in Vienna, Russia always sends in what they describe as an observer. So they always meet and greet the Russians along with the Mexicans who are also non-OPEC members. In the past, we've had people from Brazil and Canada turn up who are also again, way outside OPEC. I think the idea is to sort of inform and get a feeler from the other side, what do you want to do, let's say hypothetically OPEC meets again as scheduled in in June, it would be stretching it to assume that the Russian observer comes in and there's some kind of cooperation cutting output.
0: Mr Al Badri said the world needs an investment blitz of $10 trillion to replace depleting oil fields and to meet extra demand of 70 million barrels per day by 2040. Yet projects are being shelved at an alarming rate. What do you make of this?
1: I think that's uh, that's, uh, that's a bit of a conservative estimate by him. I think a lot more investment would be needed. Someone sure showed that if you look at the, the consumption centres here in the West, I'm not necessarily saying that we're turning away from fossil fuels, but OECD demand has been relatively. It's picked up of late, but it's been relatively flat and it was absolutely tepid if we go back a couple of financial years. So if you're looking at Asia being the centre for fossil fuel consumption and the West carrying along as it were, these investments are needed because right now it doesn't look like it. Right now we have an an abundance of oil. We have somewhere around in in the region about Uh, 2.75 million barrels per day of extra oil coming out of the market. It may not seem like this now. But we might be there and again in another five to ten years. After all, go back five to ten years, we were talking about peak oil. The peak oil theorists have now disappeared, but it could still happen.
0: Well, let's end on Mr Al Badri's comments. And he's warned that the current glut is setting the stage for a future supply shock. How concerned should we be?
1: Let's examine shale, for starters. Mm-hmm. The, the technology that shale piggybacks on It is pretty good, it's pretty efficient and can keep going at $30 per barrel. But the problem shale has is that the depletion rate is very high, say in relation to a conventional oil. Then again, away from the depletion rate, you have to keep poking in a certain prospection zone several times in order to keep your production up. Because the initial production is very high and then it comes off a cliff really fast. So that's shale's problem. Elsewhere, if you look at conventional oil, we look at the low oil price troubling people. A lot of oil is coming on stream right now at at a loss. But the reason it's coming on stream is because there is nowhere for that conventional oil to go. It just simply has to be monetized. The longer we stay at low oil prices, these oils will be mothballed. Russia recently mentioned they would. A lot of the private oil companies would say, well, that's not a profitable prospect. Let's bottle it up. We'll we'll come back to it in a few years. It's not something that you can turn the tap on, turn the tap off. If you don't invest towards a particular prospect, you mothball it, it takes a while for you to then unlock that asset and bring it back on stream. So yes, we should be concerned. But then again, there's plenty of oil out there right now, and the next six months should be interesting.